Precision medicine is an emerging approach for disease treatment and prevention that takes into account individual variability in genes, environment, and lifestyle for each individual person. This innovative approach is on the horizon and would allow doctors and researchers to predict more accurately which treatment and prevention strategies for a particular disease will work in which groups of people. It is in contrast to the conventional one-size-fits-all approach, in which disease treatment and prevention strategies are developed for the average person, male or female, and with less consideration for the differences between individuals. Although the term precision medicine is relatively new, the concept has been a part of healthcare for many years. So for example, a person who needs a blood transfusion is not given blood from a randomly selected donor. Instead, the donor's blood type is matched to the recipient to reduce the risk of complications. And although examples can be found in several areas of medicine, the role of precision medicine in day-to-day healthcare is relatively limited. Researchers hope that this approach will expand to many areas of health and healthcare in the coming years. Welcome to The Hurt by Dr. Mira Kirpaker and Dr. Alobi Patel. We are the female pain docs. This is a platform to contribute to the public discourse on women's pain and general health. We are here to empower women and men to engage in the advancement of their health with discussions of evidence-based medicine, unconventional topics, lifestyle modifications, and more. The views contained in this podcast are our personal views and do not represent the views of our institutions. This does not substitute medical advice. Please be evaluated by a physician if necessary. Welcome, and thank you for being on The Hurt by the Female Pain Docs, Dr. Gupta. So on today's episode, we have a very special guest, Dr. Anita Gupta. Dr. Gupta is a double board certified anesthesiologist and pain medicine physician. She has an illustrious career in not just pain medicine, but also health policy, biotechnology, drug development, and government affairs. She is nationally recognized for her work in the expansion of naloxone, which is an opioid overdose antidote. She has also been involved in multiple national organizations for their work in understanding patients experiencing pain, as well as the role of digital transformation in pain. She has received several awards, including Top 10 Women of Influence by Fierce Health, Top 10 Emerging Leader Award by Pharmaceutical Executive, Harvard Business School General Management Program Ambassador, and Princeton University Women's Network Leader. She has been featured as an expert on Washington Post, Forbes, CNN, for emerging threats, including for COVID-19, as well as the opioid crisis, Zika, and much more. As I said, illustrious career. Dr. Gupta is here today to talk to us about another emerging area of medicine that is on the horizon called precision medicine. Now, welcome, Dr. Gupta. I am so excited to chat with you about this topic. And I actually personally didn't come across the concept of precision medicine until last year, and I'm very excited to share with our listeners more about that topic. And I know you've been working on some projects pertaining to this, so we're excited to talk about that. Could you first start by telling us a bit more about precision medicine, and how is that different than personalized medicine? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, this is a great opportunity to really talk about, you know, how we can improve our health. You know, precision medicine, as many of us have heard about, is really, you know, how we can identify our unique differences. Uh, as many people have heard, there's a difference between precision medicine and precision health, and and many people don't really understand how it might relate to their individual conditions. But 
precision health is really a broader term and it really includes precision medicine, but how we approach it really depends, you know, where you are, uh, whether you're in the outside setting of a doctor's hospital, a doctor's office or a hospital, such as disease prevention or health promotion activities. So precision health involves approaches that everyone can do on their own to protect their health, as well as steps that public health can take. So that's sometimes called precision public health. So it really just depends on you know prediction and prevention versus what you're actually doing on your own. So I think that's important to know. Uh, and there's tests that you can do too. And so there's genomic sequencing and things like that too. And so obviously we can spend an hour just talking about those different types of tests and things like that. That's a basic understanding for our audience. That's really interesting. And as you said, that there are many different facets to sort of understanding how it can be applied publicly. Now, many of our listeners are chronic pain patients. How does this tie into, and it's an evolving field, we understand, but how does this tie into the field of pain medicine and chronic pain? So look, simply put, I mean, there are so many ways that we can assess an individual for their pain. I think, you know, what's important to remember that so many people are suffering with pain right now. I think, you know, right now, particularly after the pandemic, I think there are so many individuals that have not only just recovering from the pandemic itself, but they're also just trying to to handle the issue of just being untreated from the pain-related conditions that have gone untreated. So the overwhelming issues of the pandemic, untreated pain, and also this, you know, potential opioid, you know, crisis that we still have to uncover is creating a momentum that could potentially be uh, very concerning. You know, when we consider women, uh, as we know from the data, they're generally undertreated from pain. Uh, And we know the literature is rich in describing sex-related differences in response for women to pain and pain medications. For instance, women, uh, according to studies, uh, generally are not treated um, as often, uh, you know, in in clinics, you know, they're undertreated. They have typically, you know, more uh, vulnerable given the plethora of pain-related conditions that only incur in women, uh, but they significantly are more likely than men to experience pain-related conditions. Uh, And women are more likely to men to have more than one pain condition. Yet women's pain is often misdiagnosed and minimized and often underreported or inappropriately treated. So, you know, it's really important uh, that we continue to destigmatize, continue to communicate with pro- providers, um, and continue to assess not only the social, but the psychological impact and the biological impact that occurs um, amongst all individuals uh, to ensure that they're getting the appropriate treatment uh, for pain um, alongside all the other issues, you know, and using precision medicine uh, and per- personalized medicine to get them the appropriate care that they need. You're absolutely right. That's one of the reasons we were so invigorated to start this podcast because we noticed so many gender-based differences in the treatment of 
of chronic pain conditions. And you have a background as a pain physician as well as background in pharmacogenomics. Could you tell us and our listeners a bit more about how, where is the intersection specifically for women's health? Uh, And it doesn't have to be pain necessarily, but women's health in general with uh, precision medicine. Sure. Look, you know, there are variations when it comes apparent that are apparent when it comes to gender, and they're significant in how women perceive pain versus men. Um, you know, not only are women at greater risk for pain than men, but women also have a higher risk of multiple pain-related conditions. And so, the key point here is that, you know, a better understanding of these factors, whether it be a genetic or biologic or social which we can all determine now and stratify very effectively, that can be influenced by pain perception, both in women and men, can help in the quest to develop a personalized medicine approach to pain. Uh, And the implications are significant, particularly when we look at sex differences. So, you know, when we improve the quality of pain-related pain care women receive uh, in preventing the development of chronic pain, we we can do better. We we certainly can do better in their outcomes. And that specifically requires the understanding of the sex specificity of the pain-related factors. Uh, and we can do that by designing treatments uh, to address those factors and help help individuals target them to the right individuals. That's excellent and great to know. Could you tell us a bit more about how does that work on a sort of practical level? Because theoretically, it seems, you know, great that we can hopefully identify these sex-based differences and then implement them into treatment. And again, this is a relatively new field. So how does this practically work in terms of seeing the execution on a day-to-day basis if a patient were to, for example, get treatment for for cancer? Um, Could you tell us the practical sort of way of implementing precision medicine? Well, I mean, look, you know, in in all practicality, it's not being done day in and day out. And most clinics and offices and, and, you know, primary care offices, I I don't believe everyone is thinking through these things carefully, Uh, you know, as both of us are pain practitioners, right? And and lifestyle conscientious and and how we practice pain management and, and how we take care of our patients. And I think you know, what's important to remember that, you know, we have to consider these genetic polymorphisms, you know, whether it be pharmacologic or physiologic uh, in general, and we use them as clues. Uh, I'm sure you do too. I've been kind of a sleuth uh, in my trying to figure out what's going on here, you know, uh, you know, and my patients. And, And pharmacologically, you know, we look at you know, mu receptor aberrations or polymorphisms uh, that could be rare, uh, that could potentially make people more sensitive uh, or not sensitive to particular medications or conditions. We can look at, you know, the melanocortin 1 receptor gene, which we know uh, it could potentially uh, impact certain medications. Uh, and impact a response to certain anesthetic uh, drugs. As anesthesiologists, we know certain individuals are more or less responsive to certain medications, but there's many. And, and I think what's critical to understand is that this area of healthcare and medicine is continuing to expand. Uh, and we're just at the tip of the iceberg here. I think we're beginning to learn that 
we are expanding our understanding on the implications of this. And we need to continue to expand it to really get a full grasp of how to treat these individuals effectively. Uh, and we need to continue to get a better understanding of how these factors really influence pain perception in both women and men. Because again, I think this will help us in the quest to really develop personalized medicine, to approach pain and other conditions and, and remove that stigma that often undermines the treatment of these individuals. You're absolutely right. So basically men and women can react to pain differently, respond to medications differently. Polymorphisms, as you mentioned, are basically these genetic variations that can vary from person to person, male or female. And oftentimes, basically, one medication may not necessarily work or one treatment may not work for everybody equally the same. And I think our listeners appreciate you telling us a bit more about that and knowing that there are sort of treatment options available on the, high, on the horizon that are more personalized. What do you foresee as barriers to, to the widespread sort of acceptance of this? I think that one of the biggest barriers, you know, that continues to challenge and particularly in our specialty is the stigma. Uh, I think that there is a significant amount of stigma in the treatment of pain management uh, for women, particularly. Uh, I can tell you, you know, I work very closely uh, with the National Organization of Rare Diseases, uh, and I work with a lot of patients who not only have rare diseases, but also have chronic pain. And, you know, many of these patients lose their independence, they're socially isolated, they live every moment of their life in severe pain and fatigue, and they have multiple comorbidities, sometimes, you know, more than 10, you know, and I think trying to surmount these, you know, these challenges can be very difficult for them. And I think as healthcare professionals, you know, we have to really begin to think through how to help these patients um, overcome these overlapping pain conditions, uh, their comorbidities, and find hope for them. Uh, because I think it's very difficult uh, to stigmatize, uh, particularly for women. And and we need to find solutions, uh, you know, for them, because I think, you know, this is potentially one pathway um, uh, to, to find new solutions. And I think, you know, the, the window to personalized medicine uh, and precision medicine may be an avenue uh, that is long, uh, but perhaps many years from now, we will be able to find some solutions for them. Perhaps our children and before then even, we'll have some options available for personalized medicine. Um, Maybe, and I'm yeah. sure fi financially, I'm sure this is also a big sort of hurdle. Correct. I'm sure insurance companies are also not, um, not implementing it widely because of the testing involved with it. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah. And I think that's been a perpetual issue. I mean, look, you know, I think the evidence is still not there. Uh, you know, we continue to be challenged, not just in this area, you know, evidence and research um, needs to continue. Uh, and I'll be first to tell you that the research is not 
clear. Uh, you know, we continue to lack the research that is necessary uh, to validate these things. And, you know, and I think that comes with anything that takes time. Um, but again, you know, when that is there, you know, hopefully, you know, with with people that continue to do that work um, in due time, we'll hopefully find that research and be able to support the work. But it takes time to develop that research, committed individuals, uh, individuals that can provide, um, you know, randomized clinical work and, and longitudinal data um, to support this. And, and pain is subjective and that's what makes this work even harder uh, and, and much more complicated. Absolutely. I, I hope that all of these changes will be for the positive and lead to better patient care, satisfaction and longevity even. Um, what parting words of hope can you give our listeners who do have chronic pain? I mean, many people live their whole lives and having something to look forward to in the works would, would be very sort of hopeful for these patients. Look, you know, don't give up hope. Uh, I think that there is, there is definitely hope. I think that, you know, a lot of people are working, you know, and I think that uh, people are working towards finding solutions. I think, you know, stay motivated, um, stay open, um, reaffirm, you know, that you can achieve your goals, continue to reflect, um, and support each other, uh, find your community. Uh, I think that, you know, it is so important to empower your own health. Uh, and I, I don't think that the things that we continue to talk about that, you know, you're, you're your best advocate. Uh, I think that that's, you know, one of the most important things that I could say, you know, you're, you can empower your own health and, and really um, be your own voice to, to make change. And so I really do think that's probably the best advice I can give you. Thank you, Dr. Gupta. We are very lucky to have you on our podcast and are are looking forward to what is to come from precision medicine. So thank you for your expertise on this topic. We would love to hear your thoughts. Visit our Instagram at the female pain docs for more content. Send us an email at the female pain docs at Gmail. If you have any topics in particular, you would like us to discuss. You can also visit our website at www.thefemalepaindocs.com. See you next time.